0: Take care, the duke's voice cried. There is hell near us now. I think it very likely, Kenneth said. But you can't expect me to think much of hell if Gregory is one of its kings. He took two or three swift steps into the room, flung a quick glance behind him, lest he should be attacked from the wall he passed, and, even as he did so, staggered and put his hand to his heart. The duke heard him gasp, and, still clutching Manasseh, pushed forward to see what was happening. Kenneth had reeled to one of the white lines and was stumbling blindly, now forward, now backward, drawing deep, choking breaths. The Greek had thrust his face out, and as the Duke saw it in the full light, he gave a little gasp of dismay. For the face that he saw looked at him from a great distance, and yet was itself that distance. It was white, and staring, and sick with a horrible sickness, he shut his eyes before this evil. All the gorgeous colors and pomps of sin of which he had been so often warned had disappeared. The war between good and evil existed no longer, for the thing beneath the grail was not fighting but vomiting once he realized that his eyes were closed he forced himself to open them saw kenneth almost fall across the space between the lines and called to him then he flung manasseh from him to the floor cried out on god and the mother of god and sprang forward but as he reached the doorway he felt his strength oozing from him hollows opened within him he clutched at the doorpost and as he touched it seemed to feel this also drag him sideways and downward he crashed to the floor while kenneth gathering all his life's energy together forced himself two steps nearer his aim moaned as even that energy failed dropped to his knees and at last choking and twisting fell dead on the diagram before the greek
1: Welcome back. In this final episode covering Charles Williams' spiritual thriller War in Heaven, we discuss the conclusion of the book. What does Charles Williams have in common with J.K. Rowling? Is Gregory Persimmons, who we thought was the bad guy, really the secret protagonist of this book? And finally, what do you do if a priest falls down dead in the middle of Mass, but it was a really pleasant service otherwise? All these questions and more will be answered on this episode of The Inklings. Variety hour. I was pointing out last time that the
0: Christian life is simply a process of having your natural self changed into a Christ self.
1: Right. So at the top of the show, that was a um, very ably read um, passage from Charles Williams' spiritual thriller, War in Heaven, uh, from the chapter tonight, Thou Shalt Be With Me in Paradise. And we are so glad that tonight, thou, O listener, art... are with us on this podcast. Uh, uh, wow. Who are you people?
0: <laughs> well, I'm Megan Longston. And I'm Annika Smith.
1: I am Chris Pipkin. And what in the world just happened in this uh, passage that, that Annika just read?
2: We've lost... Our dear, dear Kenneth um, to the forces of evil because he crossed a diagram on the floor drawn by a Greek and there was some <laughs> black magic that happened and <laughs> it's very unfortunate.
0: Yeah, Mortington was the, I, I think he's the one, you, as you read, you identify with the most. Yeah. Um, and for, for him to be killed, like it shocked me the first time I read it. um. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it shocked yeah, me. me. It shocked me this time reading it because yeah. I'd forgotten that he, <laughs> that he dies, <laughs> and I was like, "They killed Kenny." Um, uh. um, so um, yeah, but no, seriously, I was I was shocked because Mornington. Yeah, absolutely. He he he's not this like almost ethereally saintly figure like the archdeacon right and he's also not sort of like out of sorts with everyone the way the duke seems to be um (laughs) uh he's just kind of like a you know mostly normal guy who's a christian um and who you know can kind of see the sympathizes with the archdeacon sympathizes to a certain extent with the duke it's kind of the glue holding them together
2: and also really loves that romantic tradition
1: yeah yes. yeah
2: that poetic tradition
1: but um but yeah he is he is no more as of uh mm-hmm. as as of this um at least you know this side of the i don't know how williams would put it this side of the mercy um, um
2: I don't know man that is a difficult question
0: that's a whole can of worms you could open up (laughs) how would williams define that i don't know i feel like we need to go back to uh all hallows eve to really get that yes yeah
2: yeah that um that like because line because for williams time is wonky (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: no exactly and eternity is now yes yeah
2: right And it's, it's, eternity is constantly pushing through into now, um, whether we want it to or not sometimes. So,
1: yeah. So Mornington's not really dead. Right. He just has, has vanished, like, you know, L. Ron Hubbard or something.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, No, he's, uh, uh, it's funny, right, that. Um Lewis when Williams died mm-hmm. kind of took that view as well he was kind of like you know I I can't doubt that people continue after death because I like feel the presence of Charles right uh, around me now that you know now that he's gone Um
0: right it's impossible that he should not exist
1: right yeah, yeah. yes yeah and and this book gets really funky with the line between the living and the dead like as we as we go on from this point um if it hasn't already been quite funky um but.
2: oh i found it i found the lewis quote oh yeah um that he wrote um he actually wrote a letter to william's wife and he says uh my friendship is not ended his death has had the very unexpected effect of making death itself look different. I believe in the next life ten times more strongly than I did then. At moments, it seems almost tangible. He seems, in some indefinable way, to be all around us now. Yeah. Which is just touching and, and beautiful. Um, yeah. it's Yeah. 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 So th- that's, that's what happened to Mornington. He is all around us now.
1: There you go. Much like, uh, Prester John. Uh, yes. Uh, and,
0: uh,
1: yeah. Um, um, anything else about that passage that, um, uh, that, that you all want to comment on before we move on? I think um,
2: to, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, no, I think to, um, the part where the Duke, uh, comments on, um, where he says all the gorgeous colors and pomps of sin, which he had been so often warned about, which he had been so often warned had disappeared. The war between good and evil existed no longer for the thing beneath the grail was not fighting, but vomiting. It's just that, um, you know, rather than thinking he's been thinking so often in terms like these lofty terms, you know, it's all very, you know, yeah, just um, almost, you you can almost speak of evil, good and evil in like very beautiful terms, and and it's really very it's more just visceral and you know ugly yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. yeah,
0: I thought of Shelob with the vomiting. Oh um, yes, and yeah, yeah. when she swallows the the light of the trees and like like mm-hmm. the. Not Sheila, but um, um, her undol- great-grandmother. Undol- yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. turning it into darkness, right? Yeah. Like, taking great light. And it's not that there's any power in yeah. evil to create. It just destroys and vomits. Yep. It regurgitates forth destruction out of destroying and taking in beauty and life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the interesting yeah the the ugliness, the drabness, and the vomit as being the the visceral part of it. Um, I also do love the the Duke, his response um defeated in mind and body, and with too young a soul to dare the tempest yet made yet some effort effort to assert the cause in which he believed. He raised himself on one hand as he lay and cried out in the great Latin. He loved loved rather perhaps as literature than as religion, but still as a strength, more ancient and more enduring than himself. Um, and that, that description of his own relationship with his faith Um and again, coming at it from from literature and the way we saw Mornington coming to the idea of the Grail as like literature making it so possible for him, um, that this is not necessarily a bad thing, although it might be a a young point of development for the soul, um, but there is strength there, more ancient enduring, like outside of of the individual. Yes
1: yeah um yeah and the and the um the exhaustion of the greek is really interesting here that mm. it takes that it takes so much from him um to kill someone like this right and that he's not it's not like this triumphant evil like gregory mm. always imagines right the the oh you know there are delights in iniquity right mm-hmm. uh, and and what's you know when when evil is in the ascendant in this when it's powerful um it's just a guy vomiting underneath the grail right even even like that image the grail is still over i mean he's using the grail to, Mm -hmm. to kill someone right it is being used for an evil purpose here or a purpose that they think is evil um but um it's uh you know, he's, he's still subject to it. Um, and he's, um, he's just pale and drawn and, and vomiting and, and more of a victim than a victor. Um, um, and, and can't even kill the Duke because he's just exhausted all of his strength, um, which is quite different again, from Gregory's picture of what evil allows you to do and how strong it lets you be and things like that. Um, but
2: uh yeah he's definitely i mean he's shaken here um william specifically points that out um yeah it says uh, but gregory was curiously shaken for he less instructed in the highways of magic recoiled not from the destruction of his enemy but from the elements which accompanied it he shrank from the face of the sorcerer like the duke he found himself in a state for which he had not been prepared and at which he trembled in horror a sickness crept within him Was this the end of victory and lordship and the Sabbath, and this the consummation of the promises and of desire? The sudden action had precipitated him down a thousand spirals of the slow descent, and he hung above the everlasting. Here here he is. He's just, he's questioning his entire path, which really, as we've already pointed out, he's kind of been doing the whole, the whole book. He keeps getting Mm -hmm. into these various conversations, kind of looking for that, um, for reassurance, in other people, whether it's by like them kind of reacting in horror towards him. Like, oh yeah, you're right. There is, you know, a, a delight to be found in evil and iniquity um, or, you know, just, yeah. He's he's kind of been searching for that. And he thinks at, the, at this moment when they have the grail and he thinks, all right, everything that I want is in my grasp, he's starting to realize Oh, this is not what I want after all. Um, yeah, yeah. I I thought it would be prettier than this and it's, it's very, very gross and ugly and just horrifying and I'm not ready for it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And so I think this is, this is kind of the part where he starts to, he starts to turn a little bit, but yeah.
1: Yeah. It's funny how, you know, at, at the beginning of the book, when you encounter him, he seems like kind of this, old, uh, diabolical, you know, force, right. Um, like this, this, uh, and, and really like, um, really he's very adolescent. Um, yeah. and this is almost like a buildings Roman for, for him, um, where he's yeah. kind of, uh, you know, he, he seems like the type of, um, by the end, he seems like the type of Satanist that like, you know, later on would be buying black nail polish at Hot Topic or something like that, right? <laughs> I mean, just just not not he doesn't seem like an old man. He seems like a, a confused yeah. teenager who's trying right. to figure things out. Um but um but the question
2: and, yeah. do you think that the main character of this novel is actually Gregory Persimmons? like it, it is he the one with with the most interesting
1: arc i think if you're if you're talking about an actual like yeah like you're saying an an arc um uh, very possibly um okay. i i think i think that there's a there's a good case to be made that he's sort of the unwitting anti-hero of 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 this book um that he's uh um you know he does. He doesn't really though. Like I, I feel like if if it really was going to like show the arc in full, it would yeah. show more of kind of like the redeemed Gregory by yeah. the end. And all we get is kind of right. like this clue yeah. that he will be. Um, but um, but but yeah. Um,
2: so you're hmm. saying there's a sequel waiting to happen.
1: That's right. <laughs> that's right. And that's our. <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our next fan fiction assignment for our <laughs> listeners um right right the uh sequel to this um, right gregory persimmons where um either about gregory persimmons or about adrian where he has to um you know come to terms with all of the weird <laughs> crap that happened to him as a child. Oh my
0: gosh! Uh, his parents not wanting him around, sending yeah. him off with yeah. this creepy old man and his, <laughs> secret, yeah. pictures. his secret pictures, secret yeah. pictures. <laughs> gosh.
1: Yeah. Or maybe wow. okay. So, so Gregory Persimmon's twenty years in the future has become a Wesleyan convert, and he's trying to get Adrian saved. Oh. Yeah. After, or, or is it like Tuesdays uh, with Maury? Oh yeah, yes. yeah,
2: Tuesdays yeah. with Maury. That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, it's Adrian's Tuesdays uh, with so, Gregory. Yeah. So right. any of
1: those any of those ideas, you know, feel free. All you
2: Christian screenwriters out there, right. there's a That's movie. Right. There's a movie in there somewhere.
1: Right. Um, <laughs> all right. So um so, they
2: so then they use the Duke, they don't kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh because the Greek is exhausted. And they instead decide to use the duke to write to the archdeacon to get the archdeacon to come to them because Gregory just really doesn't like the archdeacon, really doesn't like him and wants to, wants to mess him up. So, so <laughs> that's what they're going to try to do, but they have to get him there first.
1: Let him write and tell this priest whom you hate that he and the grail are here and that which was the other and that he must come quickly to free them. But will he write? Gregory asked. Certainly, he will write, the Greek said. Or one of us will write with his hand. Um, so they they sort of pseudo forged this letter by the duke, saying, "Come over here to this shady little shop, right, um, where the ointment was was bought." So then
2: the search for the house begins.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so it's been discovered that Gregory did actually do the murder and some first rate. Detectoring by um, <laughs> by inspector. by the inspector. Inspector uh, with the difficult to pronounce Call Scottish sounding name.
2: Call. Call. Um, Don't, yeah, I
1: can Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, and and so they're they're trying <laughs> to find the house, but there's just one problem, and that is what when they're trying to find this greek's shop
2: they uh it has vanished it does not exist um they keep skipping over it over they have the address correct and they keep skipping over it because they cannot find it because apparently it's been smooshed between <laughs> into it <a>, into <laughs> another dimension between two existing buildings
1: yeah. that's so,
2: why they cannot find it
1: so once again we see how jk rowling is not very entirely derivative yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, because it's it's exactly the same thing that happens when the order of the phoenix is hiding out um except except there it's good guys and here it's not such good guys um uh williams though has the extra layer as always of spiritual symbolism right that that this house seems to have vanished into nothing um, yeah. and uh you know because that's what evil is right and in, in in the williams verse um it's um the the, the nature of evil is rejection of materiality mm-hmm. um and and that's uh um sort of the spell um that's been that's been put on this place but then they kind of give away the ending of the book um By having, uh, what there's, there's this awful fog, right? And that's part of what's confusing them. Um, and then suddenly out steps the very man they're looking for Gregory. And, uh, he says, I am Gregory Persimmons. And I wish to give myself up to the police for murder. Um, so Mm -hmm. there you go.
2: And then we find out how we got to that point. we find out what went on inside the house because the archdeacon decided to go to the house, um, even though I'm pretty sure he knew it was a trap, <laughs> but he's going anyway
0: because he is the archdeacon. Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, the king of Basan, for his mercy endureth forever. Like, mm-hmm. He just keeps on repeating yes. the psalm. Mm.
2: Yes. Also, uh, he's, he's in the house just kind of waiting for them to do whatever they're going to do to him, Um, And he is uh, reading the revelations of Lady Julian. William sneaks that in there.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Who he, of course, uh, loved, uh, loved that, that book as well. So he just, he likes to throw that in there. (laughs) And once again, um, the archdeacon is, um, you know, just displays his uh, detachment Um, on page 240.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It
2: says the archdeacon had seen, To read and was waiting for whatever was to follow. All that day, since he had talked with Gregory in the morning, he had been conscious that the power to which he had slowly taught himself to live in obedience was gradually withdrawing and abandoning him. Steadily and continuously that process went on till now, as he faced his enemies, he felt the interior loss which had attacked him at other stages of his pilgrimage grow into a final, overwhelming desolation. He said to himself again, as he so often said, this also is thou, for desolation as well as abundance was but a means of knowing that which was all. But he felt extraordinarily lonely in the darkness of the small room with Persimmons and Manasseh and the unknown third gazing at him from the door. Um, it's just that quick snapshot of the dark night of the soul. Yes. Um, and and it's 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 powerful to me that that the archdeacon can also. Uh, with with equal conviction say this also is thou even though he he feels that kind of interior loss the withdrawing of, of god um, but he recognizes that even in this absence this is still a way of knowing god um, but also uh, he can admit to himself that he does feel lonely <laughs> and so he so he's maybe not quite as detached as you know, or he's not perfectly, you know, just like saintly as we might, as we might have thought of him, but he, he is able to admit to himself that it is lonely. Like, I'm not just perfect. I'm not perfectly content right now. Um, even though I recognize that this is, a. am experiencing a
1: truth. Well, from, from, from the side of the Satanists, like why did, why did they lure him there and what are they, what are they doing to him? Because I think that's, um, interesting that he 's uh um processing this as the dark night of the soul, right, which is a saintly yeah. way to process this kind of thing, but from their side um uh, they are disturbing his kind of uh, up until then impossible to disturb peace. By actually conjoining his soul, right? They call it the marriage of the living and the dead. Um, Gregory has the soul of this poor Wesleyan dude, um, right? Basically, who, who he's caused to despair under his control. Uh, this is this is the person who was murdered at the very beginning of well, murdered before the book started, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this this is the the soul to whom the corpse belongs, and who you know, whose life was killed while in a, or life was killed, whose life was lost while in a state (laughs) of despair. Right. And, and, uh, Gregory now, weirdly enough, does have some kind of control over this soul. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's fusing this despaired, like kind of damned at this point soul Mm -hmm. to the archdeacon's soul while the archdeacon is still alive. And he calls it the marriage of the living and the dead. Um, and so, um, and, and this is how they're planning to shake the archdeacon's peace, like purely, really out of spite. They have the grail already, yep. but they just yep. want to, they I... just want to destroy something else that is good. Mm-hmm. And they know of nothing, you know, that offends them more than the kind of unshakable peace of the archdeacon. So they're melding mm-hmm. his soul to the soul of, some, of a damned person. Um, but from the archdeacon's point of view, Oh yeah, like this is the dark night of the soul, right? So like, yeah. so like, even though they are shaking his peace, they're not shaking his peace because he has a name for this, and it's not like, oh no, my soul is, through black magic is being, you know, wed to, yeah. you know, this damned soul, and now I shall despair because I am that which is other than I am, right? He, yeah, he's just kind of like, well, yeah, this is also. Away. Also I mean, is now. God, right. <laughs> this is the dark yeah. night of the soul uh, which is which is just uh uh you know fascinating to me that even when they're winning they're not really winning yeah uh, so what what happens to interfere with that
0: the grail awakes yes uh, in its yes. own triumphant and blinding power None could tell whether light and trumpets were indeed there, but something was there, something which, as it caught and returned upon them, the energies they had put forth seemed also to bestride the prostrate figure on the floor. The grail was lifted, or was itself no more. They could not tell. They were flung back before this lifting and visible form. He over whom it stood returned also from the depths. He looked up and saw it flaming through the scattering night and heard a litany, which changed as it smote his ear from the chant of an unknown tongue into the familiar and cherished maxims of his natural mind, let them give thanks whom the Lord hath redeemed. A great voice sang, and from all about it, striking into light and sound at once, the answer came, for his mercy endureth forever. Um, and I, I could go on for like three pages, yes. but this is so. It's this gorgeous. is the best, the best, the best. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, I love how he later, uh, in the next paragraph or so, um, he describes it as, again, all around him, the litany wheeled like fire.
0: Mm. Very just, Ezekiel, yeah. Yes. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, yeah, there's... And and, and
2: and so I think it's just interesting, again, I think I've sort of briefly mentioned this, but I mean, really the grail saves itself in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's sort of... Because normally, I guess, in a typical thriller like this, you would expect, well, of course, the protagonist, you know, is going gonna, is gonna to do something and then everything's but, okay.
0: But the grail is the protagonist. <laughs>
2: well, that right. is the, Yes, the grail could be the protagonist. Yeah. I know. Yeah, because um, yeah, it's like, it's not even, you know, like, Gregory doesn't do anything. Mm-mm. The archdeacon does nothing. It's just the grail itself um, has decided at this point, well, nope, I've had enough of this and Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it in, I'm going to put a stop to it. Um, and then our friend Prester John shows up and, um, yeah, and he basically, uh, I love what he says here, um, You who have sought the center of the grail, behold through me that which you seek, receive from me that which you are. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that Mm. is filthy, let him be filthy still. I am rejection to him that hath sought rejection. I am destruction to him that hath wrought destruction. Mm. I am sacrifice to him that hath offered sacrifice. Friend to my friend and lover to my lovers, I will quit all things for I am myself and I am he that sent me. This war is ended and another follows quickly. Do that which you must while the time is with you.
0: Does anyone else hear Johnny Cash, uh, let him be right, like uh, oh, yeah, yeah. doing his recitation and the, the man comes around? Um, yeah.
2: I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Sometimes when you read Williams, you just have to stop and just go, "Wow!" Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then the most surprising thing, right uh, after this, he addresses Gregory, right, who's just been trying to fuse, who's who's killed a guy and and is like actively trying to fuse his soul to another <laughs> right. guy, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Like, and, and he says, Gregory Persimmons. They wait for you close at hand. Can a man sacrifice his brother or make agreement with any God for him? Die then as this other has died and there shall be agreement with you also in the end for you have sought me and no other. Right. So, um, so and, that,
2: and that, that actually makes me think about, um, if it almost sounds like, uh, in the last battle when, mm-hmm. um, as is talking to, um, the Callerman, you know, in, in Aslan's country, Emmeth. Yes, I knew that's what his name was, <laughs> and um, and yeah, he, he essentially says kind of the same thing, you know. Well, you thought you were you thought you were doing deeds for Tash, but actually, you were doing them for me. It's this, There's a similar idea idea here. It's not quite the same, but but close. Um, Gregory has been seeking what is he's been seeking the center of the Grail. He's not he he thought that it was something else, but it turns out that it's Prester John um and Christ in the end yeah so he's he's been driven by desire this whole time, and it's only now that he's finding out what that what that means yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah i mean in in a way, yes, but in a way also like it's it's more shocking right yes. because yeah yeah because emeth. Has been oh, yeah. obeying the moral law, right? And and Gregory has not. <laughs> like, right, right,
0: right. Yeah. He's, <laughs> been, he's been like pretty awful. Like not he's like, like
1: like <laughs> you know uh, a Gregory Rasputin kind of you know figure. Mm, um, just just doing awful things all the time. Um, yeah. And yet he was doing them out of a desire that was for reality. Right. That was for, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he, he wanted to still be in charge of his life, but Mm -hmm. the, he, he wanted, he, he, he desired happiness. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and And delight. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, which is, uh, yeah, which is just fascinating. I don't, I don't know that I even still you know, quite under, I mean, I can see parts of it, but I don't know that I still even quite understand how Gregory gets to uh, essentially kind of repent, right. Uh, or, or, or gets, gets a chance to, um, and is, and, and, and there's, it's pretty hopeful actually Yeah, uh, with him because he desires, um, yeah, he he manages to realize that what he's been desiring has been um, has been Christ.
0: Uh, and can we get a shout out that uh, while um, the archdeacon is is there witnessing everything, he sees Kenneth and he loses him again. Yes. Yeah. It, and when everything is around, and so you have that that sort of glimpse um, of the beyond, but that's also here the the eternal that is present um and then uh the grail or the the priest king presser john says um to the archdeacon brother and friend the rest is in your charge one of your friends is below the other is with me take your friend and this cup and return and i will come to you tomorrow and the the mystery and wonder of that of okay where where is with prester john whereas with the grail uh in eternity in paradise that he got a glimpse of
1: and and uh, we probably should mention that um gregory's plan to abduct adrian and initiate (laughs) him (laughs) (laughs) And somehow like some weird plan that we don't quite get all of right. Where he's like using Adrian, he's finding some way back East and he's going to bring Adrian out there with his maid, Jesse, who almost convinces to be, who's almost convinced to be seduced by him. Mm. Uh, And uh, they were going to go, you know, out East and do some kind of grail magic, together i don't know um uh, but that doesn't happen uh, so so adrian Obviously. adrian is returned to his parents uh, one of whom barbara has been returned to sanity and it's all thanks to prester john and the grail um and so we have our final chapter of this book wow castra,
2: yay
1: <laughs> castra parvulorum um which,
2: we made it y'all yes yes well
1: you know um uh let's let's uh let's not count our chickens um before, <laughs> before we're done with this chapter um <laughs> uh, but uh there's a lot in this chapter mm-hmm. there there's there's plenty there um, is yeah um what happens here in this last chapter
2: well So I think it's fun that it starts out with um, the Rackstraw's deciding that they're going to go to church, which, at least at this point in the chapter, on the face of things, seems very like a very ordinary thing to do, after all of the craziness that has occurred. Um, And I just I love that it says, um, let's see, he says, um, or or Barbara Barbara says rather, "Touch, darling, go to church. Yes, if you like." I am afraid she added, blushing rather more deeply as she looked at the stranger again, but pressed her done, uh, that we don't go as regularly as we should. It is a means he answered, one of the means, but perhaps the best for most, and for some almost the only one. I do not say that it matters greatly, but the means cannot both be and not be. if you do not use it, it is a pity to bother about it. If you do, it is a pity not to use it, and so that I, the the importance in William's mind of going to church because going to church is not just a social event that you go to um for Williams um especially since he was an anglican um for him the eucharist was the central uh, draw for going to church there's there's definitely a a very spiritualized element to attending church um and i think for him if you don't go then it's you know there's that's detriment that can be detrimental to your own spiritual health not because of not because it's like a, a checkbox you have to tick off but because that is where the eucharist is that is where uh life is for the believer
0: yeah it's intriguing that it's i i'm actually a little troubled by the the sort of equivocation um mm-hmm one of the means perhaps the best for most for some almost the only um, yeah if you do not use it it is a pity to bother about it and i i almost wonder if that's like communion as a symbol or mm. um yeah. or 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 if it's even I don't know. There, there are points when Williams speaks or Evelyn Underhill or any other mystic when it's, Mm. you know, all in all and all is God. And I, I get a little wary and I feel like not everything is God Mm. or or not, not every, you know what I mean? Like the, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not, not always will, will lead you there. Um, not all desires will lead you to the source of desire. And I, I get skeptical. Um, yeah. 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 And I, I find it interesting, but also that middle wayishness, I guess, of um, one of the means, perhaps for most, the main means, uh, the best for most, and and for some, the only one. Um, it seems, yeah, it, it itself is not salvation, right? Um, but it is a source. Um,
2: I wonder if it's, it's less that he's talking in terms of salvation and more just, uh, this is one of the means of communing with, with God. Um, You can do that outside of the church, you know, as, but still like, you know, within the confines of Christian orthodoxy, but, um, you know, but, but, but going to church and having the Eucharist is probably the best means of, of experiencing that, that communion with God. That may be what he's equivocating on a little bit. yeah. Um, Because I think too, because going to church is not something, you don't want to, you don't want to turn into something legalistic. Like, well, if you don't go to church, then you're not saved,
0: you know? (laughs) Um, Right. You don't want to be um, the clerk in God's house or in the
1: brothel.
2: Right. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it reminds me of I, I started reading that um you know the third inkling by um Grevelind up. Um, and, and reading about, reading about how Williams when he was a small child would throw tantrums when they skipped church. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> he was so cute. Oh. Um loved it so much and he loved the, you know, the, the liturgy and everything else. Um, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, he's, he's a little less emphatic about it here. It seems like, um, you know, one of the means it'd be interesting to do an episode sometime about like the different inklings and going to church, um, and the way that perhaps they were not the ideal, uh, Churchgoers in some ways, anyway, that we like, like C.S. Lewis sitting behind a column so that the oh,
0: yeah. so that the priest couldn't see the expression on his face when he was doing a homily,
1: um, and uh, yeah, fun, fun little things like that. um Tolkien, you know, after they changed to English Mass, saying oh, yeah. words very loudly in, in Latin, Latin, you know, yep. um, it would just kind of. Uh, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, this is um, this is this is a, uh, I think just a fantastic way to end a book about the Grail with a, mm-hmm. with a mass right being celebrated mm-hmm. being celebrated by Prester John you know with the Grail um, and then what in the world happens like <laughs> they I, I mean I know I know it's drawing on you know in like Arthurian myth right and in and in stories based on that the Grail just sort of uh goes away and takes yeah. the you know the, the Galahad with it right and mm-hmm. and kind of um and so and so I get that that sort of like disappearing thing is is going on here as well um uh, but does the does the archdeacon die does he just kind of disappear um
0: I uh, I think doesn't he die because they there's a body at the very end.
1: Okay. Yeah. Looking
0: at the body. Yeah, looking at the body. Yeah. I suppose they will say he had a weak heart. Yeah. Yes, Lionel answered. Right. I expect they will. Mm-hmm.
1: But they all know. I mean, like, okay, so if if a priest <laughs> while <laughs> while celebrating Eucharist suddenly fell down dead. <laughs> i don 't think like afterwards i'd be like, that was a really good mass, guys <laughs> i, I don 't think that would be my reaction. Shall we go home uh, now? Shall
2: we yeah, go home? I,
1: I guess the, I guess the people who didn 't come to this awesome service will say it was some kind of a disaster' um, it's, it's an interesting way to uh, to, to end. Um, Yeah, and after he says, yes, I expect they will, he felt suddenly the joy of the fantasy rise in his mind. He walked to the door and watched the Duke crossing the churchyard and waited till beyond the hedge he saw Mr. Batesby hurrying to the church. Then he went out to meet him. Dear, dear, Mr. Batesby said, how truly distressing in the midst of life the archdeacon too, cut down like a palm tree and thrust into the oven. No doubt. No doubt. The knock on the head affected it rather much, which is a, which is a great, funny way to end it. Um, but, but yeah, there, that must've been, you know, if you weren't Mr. Batesby, um, that must've been quite a nice service, um, to, uh, Mm -hmm you know to to just kind of like gingerly step over the body of the archdeacon who's just died while while celebrating uh while celebrating mass um but you know I well, don't and,
2: well and he wasn't celebrating it he was there right. yeah. yes
1: yes 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 mm-hmm. um and he he was celebrating it in the sense that yes prester john <laughs> is also mary and, and we're all we're all married you know. We're all connected.
3: (laughs) Suddenly above them, they heard the noise of a bell, only higher and more remote and more clear than any bell they had heard before, as if the very idea of sound made itself felt in those notes, and withdrew and ceased. The priest-king spread out his hands and brought them together, and there was a movement throughout the church, as if a hundred watchers had stirred and drawn breath at the beginning of the mysteries. The duke leaned a little forward in perplexity. He saw the forms with which he was acquainted, but here and there, only always just to one side or in some corner, he seemed to see other forms. They had vanished in a moment, yet they had been there. He had caught certain of the faces which he knew in the great gallery of his ancestors in the castle, and other faces more antique and foreign than these, a turbaned head, a helmed and armored shape, outlandish robes, and the glint of many crowns. But the archdeacon, hearing all these words, trembled a little as he knelt. The thoughts with which he approached the mysteries faded. The mysteries themselves faded, He distinguished no longer word from act. He was in the presence. He was part of the act, which far away issued in those faint words. Let us make man. Creation rose and flowed out and wheeled to its august return. In our image, after our likeness, the great pronouns were the sound of that return. Faster and faster, all things moved Through that narrow channel he had before seen, and now himself seemed to be entering, and beyond it they issued again into similar but different existence, themselves still, yet infused, and made one in an undreamed perfection. The sunlight, the very sun itself, was moving on through the upright form before the altar, and darkness and light together were pouring through it, and with them all things that were. He saw standing at the very edge of that channel the small figure of Adrian, and then he himself had passed the boy and was entering upon the final stage of the way. Everything was veiled. The voice of the priest-king was the sound of the creation's movement. He awaited the exodus that was to be. Everything was veiled, but not so entirely that he did not hear from like somewhere behind him In space or in experience, the Duke's voice, saying, et cum spiritu tuo," or a call from the front, lift up your hearts, or again from behind, Barbara's voice crying, we lift them up unto the Lord, or in a higher and more tremendous summons, let us give thanks unto the Lord. And amid the tumult of song that broke out, Lionel's own voice joining in the answer, it is meet and right so to do. It is very meet, right, the priest-king said. In him, all motions awaited his movement to be loosed, and still he did not move. All sound ceased. All things entered into an intense suspension of being. Nothing was anywhere at all but he. He stood, he moved his hands. As if in benediction, he moved them, And at once the golden halo that had hung all this while over the grail, dissolved and dilated into spreading color. And at once life leapt in all those who watched, and filled and flooded and exalted them. Let us make man, he sang, in our image, after our likeness. And all the church of visible and invisible presences answered with a roar. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. All things began again to be. At a great distance, Lionel and Barbara and the Duke saw beyond him as he lifted up the grail the moving universe of stars, and then one flying planet, and then fields and rooms and a thousand remembered places, and all in light and darkness and peace.
1: All right. I'm not even sure where to begin um talking about that it's, it's yeah amazing yes
2: um, just take a moment to to soak it in, in. um in, yeah i mean i it's it's arguably one of the most beautiful passages from any of charles william's novels um there there is obviously a distinctly anglican flavor to the liturgy Um, but, but it's very ecumenical. Um, the Duke who's staunchly Roman Catholic still gets to participate, um, in his own Latin. Um, and, um, in fact, I think he, I think I I skipped over that part, but he can hear the mass in Latin. Mm Um, and, uh, and just the, the picture of, a co-inherence and the communion of saints here is just gorgeous. Um, Across
0: the, time the, and generations. Yes, yeah.
2: yes. The church yeah. visible and invisible, um, and they are all participating. Um, also, uh, really love that first part where, uh, once again, uh, sound and music come into play um, and the way he describes it, it's almost like it's, it's like the platonic ideal of music itself.
1: Um,
2: yeah, it's, it's really beautiful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I wonder who the, I wonder who the turbaned head and the helmed and armored shapes are, are these like, yeah. um, I, I feel like if I knew my grail legends better, I would know. Who, who they were well,
0: i wondered if they were the the 77 kings with prester john or or some that's of them, true maybe, maybe. yeah it could
1: be. i i seem to remember there a, yeah um i mean williams has a whole part of his uh grail po- of his arthurian poetry about a muslim um uh convert um mm. to to christianity um who has something to do with the grail and with the grail legend and also i think that same figure has something to do with the grail legend in um in, uh parzival um but mm. um yeah i'm i'm just Failing at being an expert in anything right now uh, <laughs> so, so um, i i that would be my guess at first. I was thinking, oh maybe it 's Joseph of arimathea um, which which by the way we 've gotten through this whole book without really much referencing at all of Monty python Monty Python in the whole <laughs> uh there's like one really brief one, but uh yeah uh, I mean, haven't even mentioned the castle of arg. So now we're going to
2: cram all of our references <laughs> yeah, yeah. into the end here. <laughs> we've
1: got to, we have got to. Um yeah, um.
2: Yeah, I just again this just this passage is gorgeous. Um and I I think it's here especially apparent that um for Williams the the power of the eucharist is not in that, you know, this is something that we do to move or to summon God or something. Um, The Eucharist is is God coming towards us. Um, We we don't initiate it, like we're performing some kind of magic spell or something. Um, God moves towards us uh, through this mysterious means um, that we don't always understand, Um, you know, but it's been instituted since the beginning. And again, this is something where this power isn't reserved only for the elite and secret few. It's it's for everyone. It's for archdeacons and dukes, but also for Barbara and Lionel Rackstraw.
0: <laughs> and their little boy. Yes, for yeah. Adrian, yeah.
1: Who is like weirdly uh, (laughs) well-behaved in the the church. I I wrote, you know, he's suspiciously well-behaved and attentive for a small (laughs) child going to his first church service. Perhaps something sinister is still going
0: on. (laughs) Oh Uh, no.
1: (laughs) Children of the corn sort of.
0: Oh
3: gosh. uh,
1: But, um, but, but yeah, um, it's, um, it's kind of, It it gets to, I think, what um, Williams would, what he would um, find, um, at least partly to be so wonderful about liturgy, is the conforming of um, matter to divine plan um, by... a a particular order, um, Mm -hmm. that, um, that, that then has the power because it's ordered to draw people, um, into the divine, right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, through, through itself. So it's, it's again, this like stridently sort of material spirituality, right. Mm -hmm. Um, where, where people are, um, um and and like you're saying yeah it's for everybody you know it's Mm -hmm. um let us let us make man um in our image after our likeness male and female and it's a um uh, an affirmation of uh humanity and of matter as as yeah that that to which god Mm -hmm. will be wed Um,
0: and it it is a a dance too like Mm -hmm. like that coming back with the music and the cadence and the words that even Lionel finds himself, like coming from that moment of, I I want God to give me death. I want God to just, I want annihilation, which kind of shocked me when I, when, you know, here we are at the end and things are coming good and clean and Lionel is still despairing. Um, and and then he even he is able to enter in and and saying it is it is right to lift up our hearts it is right to give thanks to the lord because he's he's caught up in it's like the uh the opposite side of the coin of a mob mentality is worship in communion and community, right? Where your individual doubt and grief and whatever you have, that's keeping you back and weighing you down, um, gets lost in the, in the music and you, you are caught, caught in it. Um, but in a, in a beautiful way of being brought into the dance.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's another, uh, of, of liturgy is that mm-hmm. e, even if and, and I mean I've had this experience before where even if you know my own personal mood or circumstances can't say the words other people are saying them around me yes and therefore I, I am able to say those words through other people they help bring me to Christ it's it because liturgy is the work of the people, so it's it's even if I can't do it myself, other people are there to help um to help lift me up yes um yeah um so and which again is is i mean there that I mean that's coherence yeah <laughs> for, you know Charles Williams and so um yeah it's yeah. It's, it's profoundly Anglican but also mm-hmm should be profoundly Christian. I mean, even across um, denominations that we, we all should come together and, and help one another. Um, even when we ourselves cannot, or our burdens are too heavy.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? I I was just going to say, do you think this book is why we're all Anglicans? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good question. Because I read Maybe. it before, like I yeah, read it in I mean- college and I, I think it, it, tuned me to it or yeah. in the sort of like george MacDonald yeah. baptizing the imagination of like oh like that's what worship could yeah be yeah
2: um it probably played a part i think for me it was a combination of so many things uh, reading lewis who was anglican himself and just um, like i know tolkien was catholic but you know i i um uh, <laughs> We can have papist sympathies.
0: It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. you know, I I like my Catholic friends. Sorry.
2: (laughs) Shout out to all my Catholic friends out there. (laughs) Seriously. But yeah, no, I mean, for me, it was, it was a combination, which, um, I mean, but a large part of it, yes, I think it came from Williams. Um, yeah, that, that sacramental imagination. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, played a huge part in, um me discovering the wonders of liturgy yeah and what could be possible through
1: yeah well said um final thoughts on this book or on williams as we near the end of of this variety hour
2: i i just think it's vital To remember that in Charles Williams, hermeticism and Christianity are inseparable. Um, Trying to divorce one from the other diminishes him in unfortunate ways. And I know it's tempting, especially for us Christians, to try to downplay those occult leanings. It would would certainly make it more marketable to a wider (laughs) audience. (laughs) and uh, lord knows it's all about marketing these days um but by the same token not recognizing the depth of william's christianity does an equal disservice to the man um he was a spiritual explorer but never adrift in a sea of syncretism for he continually returned to the omnipotence that always held him fast Uh, but what was he you may demand in your quest for precise labels christian mystic Magician, perhaps we can turn to Williams himself for an answer. This also is thou, neither is this thou. May you always remain under the mercy, friends.
1: After this book is over, <laughs> Prester John has to keep moving on to other, <laughs> to other churches with other holy relics, doing lots of martial arts, I hope. Well, thank you all. And thank you listeners. Who, who are we going to, uh, what are we going to be reading, uh, next, next time?
0: Finally, Tolkien.
1: All yeah. right. On fairy stories.
0: Yeah. I know
2: we've been beating up on Catholic. I'm just
0: kidding. We haven't been beating we up, have up on Catholic. <laughs> no, we have been, we've been appreciating our Catholic brothers. We and have, sisters. Yes. Sorry. We love
2: our Catholic brothers. and
1: sisters. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um yeah, so we'll be uh we'll be doing uh on fairy stories, um uh, fairly easy to get a hold of. So feel free to avail yourselves of um Google. Yeah. Um yeah. to uh to to get that or or buy the Verlin Fliegers just uh released uh pretty recently a um nice edition of on fairy stories with lots and lots of notes that i just got and i'm super excited to dip into it um so um so feel free to go for that but then there's also just the essay you can pick up and uh, enjoy that so uh with that we'll say whatever it is that we say um at the end of at the end of an inklings variety hour
0: I think after Williams, it's all under the mercy.
1: Yeah, under it is under the it mercy. Under the mercy. Under the mercy. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right.
2: encounter
3: full of joy unscheduled on the Geeson fan with here an addict to Tolkien, there a charles Williams fan.
0: yay yeah. yay it's over we made it
1: war in heaven we never talked about why it's called war in heaven <laughs>
2: oh dang it okay. i was i was gonna try to work this in have y'all read have y'all read heaven's war before no. no this is a
0: graphic novel i was gonna say it looks like manga
2: this is a graphic novel um uh, by one of my friends <laughs> and well he wrote it the guy who i don't know the guy who illustrated it but um it's uh it's it's a it's it's called heaven's war but it's a story about um the inklings namely williams lewis and tolkien and a.e Waite shows up for a second oh um, but cool they, they fight Alistair Crowley. <laughs> 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 and I laughed Williams. so
0: hard my cat just like dug into it <laughs> and jumped off. Oh my
2: gosh. And they do. And actually Williams is the main character.
1: That this. is super fun. I I've never I was, heard of that.
2: I want Me them too. to fight Alistair Crowley. How can yes. we get how
1: can we get a hold of it?
2: Um wow. I can link to it on Amazon. Um That's good you can buy it on the amazon. Yeah, I told him I was I promised him I would work it in somehow and I uh, forgot. We'll, put,
1: we'll put it in there. We'll put it Put it in there. put
2: it in there somewhere. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. They
2: fight um they fight Alistair Crowley, guys. Um
1: that it Yeah. Is so that badass. it's pretty fantastic. Worth,
2: worth it. Um yeah. So, and there's actually in the back he's got some some annotations. So like there's brief biographical information about oh, cool. Williams and kind of explaining like what why things are weird in the story because it's very much uh, plays with time. So it's kind of, it's not always the easiest read the first time through. Because you're like, I don't even know what's happening right now because time is weird. But yeah, that's Williams because time mm-hmm. is weird.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, or anyway. funky as some people it, yes. say.
1: Right on, it is. <laughs> it, is. it is. Yeah, it's
2: by uh by Micah Harris and Michael Gatos did the did the art. Cool. Nice. Yeah.
1: Sounds good. You go. you know, I'll have to get that. The, uh,
2: the Grail actually shows up at the end. It's not right. primarily about the Grail, but it does show up at at the end. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's there, how it fit. That's how it ties in with the. with the book.
1: Cool. Well, if you liked War in Heaven, try Heaven's War.
2: Try Heaven's uh, War. There you go. And, uh, You're welcome, Micah.
1: Yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Now, now you know all twenty of our all listeners. All twenty <laughs> people. Yeah. <who laughs> <will be>, <laughs> <laughs> um Hey, we've got we've got people all over the world now listening to this podcast. I know oh.
2: all over the world. It's, yeah, um, New Zealand, England.
1: Yeah, we've had downloads from That's like all over like, the Japan, world. Uh, oh, in Japan too. Okay, Australia. Oh, big in Japan. I love from, being big in Japan. I love being big in Japan too. <laughs> if one person counts as big, um, yeah. <laughs>